Hi there and welcome to Bridge Legal's podcast. My name is Abhishek and if this is your first time it's absolutely great to have you with us. If you're one of our regulars, I'm incredibly sorry that this episode got delayed. Honestly, this has been a weird one to get on the road simply because so much has happened and yet nothing much has actually happened. Anyway, we'll get to what I mean, but before that we're going to do something different this time in terms of the episode's format. I'm going to try and keep things simple and crisp while getting into some important macro level developments that should concern lawyers and non-lawyers alike. In either case, the idea is to treat this as a possibly enlightening, maybe consolidating, but nevertheless interesting spend of your time that we hope you enjoy. This episode is officially brought to you by CoinBlimp Super, the one-stop shop for all your cryptocurrency needs and as seen in the front, middle, penultimate and last pages of your favorite newspaper. What's that? You can't run these ads in. Okay. Uh, High-level stakeholder discussions with the government uh, is is what's happening on the cryptocurrency front. Well, cryptocurrency has gone mainstream in the sense that Indians everywhere are getting to see large and sometimes kitschy advertisements all over the place. But this has seemingly ended, uh, at least for now, much to traditional media's despair. Do we have cryptocurrency regulation yet? Not really. Do we have tons of news reports coming in every day? Uh, Yes, technically, uh, if you count all the inside sources providing weirdly abstract inputs. Here's what we actually know so far. The exchange-based cryptocurrency industry in India has become big enough for the larger private players to be invited to potentially legislative discussions. There's a term for that that's slipping my mind right now, but it's the reason why you can still buy fun stuff. Do we know any actual details about what the new law is going to be like or anything more than an idealistic take on when it's going to be ready? Not really. What we do know is that no one's speaking about the potential legality or rather illegality of individuals holding cryptocurrencies in private, truly decentralized accounts. The last draft of the cryptocurrency bill pretty much criminalized this and there's no word about what's going to happen on this front. So we can assume that the position is going to remain the same, given that ironically, there's no representation given to the average citizen in such quote-unquote stakeholder meetings. Nevertheless, uh, even with built-in self-regulatory safeguards in place by the large private players, there's no doubt that the large-scale advertisements didn't go down too well with the government. Now, certain someone has also initiated proceedings at the Bombay High Court based on the supposed lack of grievance redressal mechanisms provided by exchanges. NFTs in their uh, current form, of course, do not require any regulations since they don't claim to bestow any legally enforceable rights anyway. Of course, Indians seem to have lost a lot more money in the formal stock market recently thanks to a large and allegedly overvalued initial public offering. Calls to rein in overly optimistic valuations seem to be doing the rounds, with uh, others reiterating the volatile nature of the stock market. Some have even made comparisons to Elon Musk, not particularly the paragon of shareholder protection. IPOs in general seem to be under the lens of late from many perspectives, such as how retail investor money can be used and what the obligations of anchor investors are, who've established a pattern, a pattern of investing in loss-making companies with high customer acquisition numbers and promptly offload such investments onto gullible retail investors. Investing in the stock market seems to be becoming more of a gamble day by day, uh, isn't it? Well, while the Securities and Exchange Board of India proceeds to hopefully deal with that problem, Indian states have been on the offensive in an attempt to curtail betting, gambling and gaming in its new online avatar. 
very simply put regulating betting and gambling is a state subject under india's constitution but case law that's been around for at least 64 years has set out that games of skill are very much different from games of chance with the latter being what states are supposed to and more importantly allowed to regulate some states have licenses to regulate even games of chance while some states such as tamil nadu and kerala sought to also ban games of skill via amendments to their gaming laws the high courts of these states struck down the amendments reiterating that games like bridge and rummy are games of skill and not within the purview of states to regulate in the first place Karnataka went a bit further and explicitly set out that games of skill are also banned in the state. If you'd like to see a red line of the amendment, we posted it online on our LinkedIn page for ease of reference. The amendment is currently being challenged in the Karnataka High Court and the outcome is much awaited by many startups in the state. Last we heard a similar case had also been filed in the Orissa High Court. The arguments are roughly the same. Indian citizens have a fundamental right to practice their trade and profession and states cannot just begin to regulate games of skill by way of enacting amendments that simply say so. Speaking of the text in documents, Amazon's entire case against Future Retail uh, rests on certain documentation entered into between Amazon and Future Retail's parent company, specifically bestowing Amazon with indirect shareholding in Future Retail, a company that it does not want to lose to Reliance, who were and are in talks to purchase Future Retail's assets. Arbitration proceedings occurred in Singapore with an emergency award being granted in favor of Amazon, which Future Retail of course challenged in Indian courts. The foreign emergency arbitral award was upheld by Indian courts by the way much to the excitement of arbitration aficionados however future retails independent directors now seem to be making the claim that Amazon planned to indirectly stock future retail all along via its supposed interest in future retail's parent sounds wrong it is and we're all waiting to see what India's competition commission says on this matter since Amazon never disclosed this alleged strategy at the time of seeking approval earlier If you didn't know foreign direct investment in multi-brand retail outlets such as Future Retail is highly highly regulated requiring government approval so there's also the foreign exchange management angle that Amazon allegedly tried to circumvent the confederation of all india traders seem to be spearheading the proceedings against the supposedly anti-competitive move of Amazon's and generally have it in for the company on many fronts each time Amazon is in the news such as when sellers seem to have misused the platform to sell cannabis disguised as stevia cannabis is of course the biggest gateway to <clears throat> having your whatsapp chats scrutinized by the police i'm fairly certain that cruises shall never be the same after india's narcotics control bureau carried out a sting operation to nab amongst others a famous actor's son on charges of drug consumption and peddling Of course the WhatsApp chats proved inconclusive and after a lot of drama around how long it took for a fairly powerful guy to obtain bail the debate on the issue seems to have taken uh, religious contours that I shall not wade into the media and super smart individuals on social media of course used the opportunity to call out the misguided fact that WhatsApp chats are inadmissible in court when in reality they completely are when correct procedure has been followed as any lawyer worth his or her salt will tell you By all reports and by personal experience our boots on the ground enforcers seem to be taking the low tech route by physically demanding unlock cell phones in order to check for incriminating data and we can't emphasize enough as to how patently illegal the act is without a warrant the government nevertheless wants to be able to access whatsapp chat hash data when necessary and while whatsapp is trying to figure out how to make this happen if at all 
we recently got a few FAQs on the recent information technology intermediary rules. Privacy uh, of again the average Indian citizen hasn't been considered in many responses. With the focus being on assuaging corporate entities, most of whom have already begun somewhat complying with the rules. Our previous episode talks about the rules at a introductory level, so do feel free to check it out in case you need some more light shed on the topic. Uh, Twitter's upper management is safe by all accounts, by the way. Oh, thanks for asking. <laughs> Bit of an inside joke with episode six, if you if you've listened to that one. Now, some of you may be wondering whether it's correct to discuss privacy matters in the same breath as the Information Technology Act. But let's keep in mind that the only evidence of India's sparse privacy legislation is to be found flowing from the information technology sensitive personal data rules. The personal data privacy bill is facing challenges at the joint parliamentary committee level again and the issue is really the same. Some feel that the government and its agencies have been given too much of an exemption from a law that's inherently supposed to protect the personal data of citizens. Much like the cryptocurrency regulation that we don't have yet, we really don't know when India is going to have a real privacy legislation that does what it's supposed to do. Privacy seems to have also been completely overlooked in the recently liberalized uh, drone rules too, with the focus more on a licensing regime and a protection of sensitive government data. Again, average Indian citizen, not really considered. On a related note, the Supreme Court recently directed a committee to look into the Pegasus issue, which, in case you haven't heard, is a software that can be used to spy and control devices of unsuspecting individuals, apparently used only by validated and vetted <coughs> government agencies. The verdict isn't out yet, but the developments in this regard, especially with respect to the infringement of privacy, has uh, created shockwaves across the world, not just in India. Circling back to how we began this episode and what's kept me from releasing it, so much has happened and yet nothing much has actually happened. The law seems to be in a state of unpredictable and volatile flux no matter where one looks, be it cryptocurrency, IPOs, gaming, competition or privacy. We do truly hope that this podcast helped you get a lay of the land uh, and an insight into how these developments actually play roles in a somewhat connected ecosystem that affects you and I as citizens. Uh, from my side, here's wishing you a good day or night, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, as always, please do feel free to check out our website or the LinkedIn page for more content. And till next time, goodbye.